the diversity part, you know what you say. Yeah. But um, I also Senegal is a very diverse community because they they have, as I said, they have quite a number of people who are from different places. You find people from Benin, people from Ivory Coast, people from Togo, people from Cameroon. So lots of Francophones. Senegal is like a center for Francophone West Africa. So during I've I've met so many uh, Francophone West Africans here from Mali, from you know, and because Senegal is relatively more peaceful. Than some of these other countries like Burkina Faso, Cape Verde, you know, even Morocco. There's a huge Moroccan community. So there's Senegal is such a multi, multi-dimensional, multi-ethnicity and multi-racial um, community. And I think they really embrace and welcome that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so Primera talked, talked about as a child, your biggest thing to adjust to was maybe the culture shock, because you know. As much as you liked, you did have to do literature and English, but there was still that thing you had to adjust to, especially when to when you went to a typical boarding school, not the international ones, you know. <laughs> well, for Priscilla, she says she's not big on food, but what have been the really big things you have to adjust on, you know? Because as you said, different cultures, different people. As an individual, what are some of those things you have to adjust? Um, Priscilla, right? Anyways, you can go anyway. first. <laughs> okay. Um, what has, I think for me, it's the language. Um, I think it's the language and the cost of living. You, uh, I used to live in Bangladesh before I came to Senegal, and the cost of living in the two countries was totally different. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I mean, I also the way of life. So in Bangladesh, it was a very Muslim country. You could, you don't, you can't, you had to wear a long sleeve. You don't, it's not that it's a must for you to wear a long sleeve, but you know, you have to respect the culture in which you find yourself. And uh, because it's Muslim, the most of the women veil and, you know, wear very decent and respectfully. So you also cannot be, you know, you're discouraged from wearing short stuff because you'll be offending the the locals and the people that, you know, that live there. So that was a that was a very uh, different vibe because I was coming from South Africa, where on the other hand, uh, you know, there's no dress code. You can dress up as you want. To I was doing my at that time I was living in Durban. Durban is hot. It's like tropical all year round mostly. So you're literally living in shorts and short dresses throughout. And then you have to make the change to now wearing a bit longer stuff and. You know, in terms also of the food, but for me, food is not a big deal. So in Senegal, I had now to to revert because Senegal, even if it's Muslim, they're equally very open. They don't mm-hmm. have issues with you dressing up short in short stuff. Like it's up to you to decide what you want to wear. So I found that a bit. Now I had to adjust back because I don't like very long dresses. I like my short stuff. So I was like, oh, phew, okay, great. So I had to now to change my wardrobe again, give away all the long things I've been wearing for the past few years and then you know so revert but I think mm-hmm. it's the for me everywhere I have lived it's been the language uh the language always makes it very difficult sometimes difficult to to blend in so mm-hmm. there's things there's things that I would like to do that I know I can't do but I do them with a with a friend who can speak the local language or fluent French so the food um, it's not so different. They eat a lot of rice, but there's lots of other places to eat, Italian food and stuff. So for me, food really, 
I'm, my my palette is very yeah my palette is very wide and very diverse so I'm known to those people who say I miss my toke my god no you won't find it yeah, well. no 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 I I eat what is there like if I went to Kenya I'd eat skuma and pap you know pap is like for sure so I would have no problem so for me I think it's been the language the language just makes making friends a bit difficult. Uh, you know, getting relationships is a bit more difficult. Like you know, building meaningful, deep. Yeah. Because you know, you come, you communicate through language. So I think language is our, is our most. Um, and also maybe the currency, because I think the currency in Senegal is and is they use Sifa. So I think also you always have to, because in Bangladesh they used to use BDT. So just as I got used to BDTs, now I have to get used to Sifa. You know. So I think the it's just the changing, the conversion all the time. Someone will tell you 50,000 CIFA in your head, you're like, how many dollars? So now I don't even think in shillings anymore because it just makes it so difficult. I just have to pick <laughs> in one currency and said, okay, let me just choose the dollar because it's much easier across all places. So, because if you convert to shillings, then to dollar, you'll just never be able to manage. So I think it's the currency, uh, learning the currency and also the language. So which makes, which of those two go hand in hand, negotiating rent, negotiating everything makes it more expensive, but uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Primera, what about you? Any outstanding things you had to adjust to? <laughs> ah, let me They're ask. Kneeling, do you kneel? <laughs> For me? Yes. You want to ask me if I kneel? Oh yes, I do. I do kneel, kneel. And it's not a problem. Hmm? No, it's not a problem. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> it's the culture you find. You either adopt to it or you don't, and you need to understand the implication of of not of not adapting to it. Mm. So it's about: Are you able to understand the consequences, and then is it the consequence or the end result that you actually want? Mm -hmm. So for me, the language has been a problem. But in terms of, uh, especially the central, the east, the north. The language I speak as a mother tongue is very close to the Western languages of Uganda. So I don't need translation. I can actually tell what you said half the time. So that hasn't been difficult. Like, uh, at least that makes my life easy. So if I go for a function and it's from that side of the country, like, I don't have a problem. But that language is very difficult from central Kenya. So pronunciation of words is very difficult in terms of, especially when you know another language like very well. It's, I know Kisahili very well, I speak Ikuyu very well. And uh, because of that, like adding on another language for someone who's not good, very good at languages is very hard. And uh, over 20 years, I can speak enough to get my me around. <laughs> I, the, oh, there is no lady at the market who knows I'm a foreigner, literally. <laughs> I am able to navigate the market properly. I'm able to bargain. I'm able to shop like comfortably. I am able to speak to the children like enough for them to understand the normal routine things around the house. I am able to hear more than I can speak. That one has been very different. And the food has been was very different in the beginning, but it's not very it's it's it was difficult in the beginning, but now I got used to it. But that wasn't even the biggest part. The biggest part is now that you're married here, the diet in the home changes in where you did grow up with. So you have to create 
few menus and menus where you have to learn to cook the food yourself. And uh, make sure maybe the, the, the people helping you around the house understand how to like cook the food. But me, I love the food. So I love the food here. So I'm not complaining in terms of let me cook it. How do I love to cook it? So uh, I love the food. I love the varieties of the food. I love the richness of the food. I love the way they cook food. Uh, so I, I, um, I, I like it. I'm also not very big on food. Like uh, I'm not a food literally. So uh, food that is good, healthy, that's all I count. I, I like to give my kids very healthy food and that's all that counts for me. Um, anything else that has been different for me, uh, it's just basically culture, food. The culture is very different. Kneeling is something unheard of where I grew up. But here you have to learn to kneel and greet. But I'm grateful for like friends who I've had. My metro was amazing. She's a Muganda girl and she understands the culture. So it's about asking and asking, you know what, help me navigate this. What do people do? How does this work? And then uh, when you understand that, and then when the other people in your life also understand that you, your culture is very different and they celebrate you for the small adjustments and the small things. Uh, so that has been very helpful to have those people who actually understand that. And they and they help you navigate. Yeah. Awesome. I see. So trying to make people halfway. So I think yeah. just mm. but that has been like that's just like day-to-day -day life. But in terms of the work setting, the work mm -hmm. setting is very uh, because of the diversity in terms of where people come from, I don't feel that a, a lot, although it has happened in instances where you find you have a boss who is much older than you, especially when I was entering the workforce, and uh, they, they wanted to be treated a certain way, but it was about understanding where they are coming from. So there are people in the workplace that you had to treat a certain way in the beginning because you need to gain some level of trust. Mm -hmm. And because he is probably or she is from a certain place, it was not possible for me to pick a phone and and talk to them and ask them for something. Um, especially uh, for me, I started as an engineer and then moved to marketing. And in marketing, my work entails uh, drawing up uh, product user specification documentation. You draw it up and then it has to go to the engineering space for them to develop those products. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I had you have to talk to people who you who you used to work under. This time you're you're the one giving instruction. So that transition in terms of you have to understand that it's not just work, there's a cultural element to it, and you can no longer pick your phone and say, do XYZ. Mm -hmm. You have you have to go there physically because uh, from a cultural context, they are, as in the, the, like a physical engagement is much more, uh, has much more bearing than if it is a phone call. So that was a bit of an adjustment for me. So in the workplace, I have to understand this person, I can call them, but this person I can't, I have to go to their desk and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. 
Ugandans are very big on gratitude and saying thank you and it's not thank you in advance. <laughs> people don't perceive it in other countries when you do things in a certain way like where I grew up it is perceived you're grateful in Uganda there is no perception you have to say the words out so that has been that was one of the hardest things even being married to someone and for them thank you is not something that is perceived a nice smile and you have gotten this for me it is where i came from was perceived as thank you here you have to say thank you a hundred times a day and don't get tired of saying it that was a hidden adjustment it's just the way the culture is there is nothing you can do about it uh they uh, not just there's a lot of gratitude required there's a lot of politeness required um i i come from a country where people are generally loud here someone greets you and it's so low but everyone heard it I, my my ears had to adjust to that greeting that is so low in terms of tone but it was said and you have to respond to it yeah so i think i have really changed like as a person in terms of who my own persona in terms of how i speak how i how i perceive situations how you read situations it's really really changed like complete transformation yeah it would have been different if i lived all these years in kenya i would be a very different person interesting and you know when you talked about those like older people i thought about some people who actually will just come and speak to you in their mother tongue whether you understand or not and they expect you to pick up and respond i think we all know whom we are talking about <laughs> at least in ug you have to you know fall in line so i think that's a that's a very important issue when you talk about um asking for help how do i approach this person at the workplace what is the best way what are the things that make them feel uh like they've done something for you so i don't know priscilla in your case how has it been what are some of those things that you have had to learn despite the fact that for now it's mostly you know telework but still adjusting well, I'm trying actually I was trying to think, you know, so we I I work in my work is sort of like very standard uh ways people really um work so together. But of course we all carry our own cultures and socialization into the workplace. But I think um for us, I think because it's been a lot, I wouldn't have a rich experience because it's really, really been a lot of work on email, on Zoom and, you know, stuff like that. So I have not been able to be in the physical spaces with colleagues a lot. Most of it has been online, but also because, you know, yeah, the United Nations, there's certain, there's certain expected behaviors that we all carry just by the fact that we work for for, for this organization. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, things like being polite, uh, being being kind in the workplace, speaking, of course, the, the official language in the office, you know, in meetings. So I think because there's already certain expected um, behaviors, 
uh, I find that I guess maybe that has buffered me from some of the um, other things that ordinarily uh, you guys, probably other people who don't work in such spaces would be able to find. So, and also because what it's, it's really a human rights organization, it's service for to humanity. There's certain base, there's baselines we don't go below, you know. <laughs> so I I have not really had any experience at the workplace that I would feel like would be very different because I mean colleagues are very kind and there's a certain expectation that they all carry that we all carry into this space. So. I guess maybe if I had been in contact in physical, like longer, then I would be able to have a richer experience. But for now, not really. Yeah. Now the pros and cons of working in another African country. What would those be for you, pros and cons? For me, I think one, I it's I'm exactly where I've always wanted to be. So. I, even when I'm faced with challenges, I always go back to a place of gratitude because this is this is the life that I dreamt of and I'm exactly in my dream, you know, so I'm really grateful for that. And so, but I think the con, I'll start with the con. Mm-hmm. I think the con is, um, of course, working away from home does come with some challenges and we don't want to romanticize it too much. It comes with uh, working harder in terms of the social network because all the people that you knew growing up are home. And as you get older, friendships grow up, you know, that, that, that things that hold you um, closer start to become fewer and fewer. So it's more, you have to be extremely more intentional about nurturing your friends and your friendships in your home. You have to literally plan seeing them, phone calls, like, you know, it's very, it becomes work. <laughs> mm to say the least, you know, yes, and yes, yes, along yes. the way you lose a few or some friends, not because of anything, but because life happens, you know, mm-hmm. they get, they lose a loved one, they get married, they give back to their first child. And those are the things that bond people experiences. And unfortunately, because you're away from home, you know, you don't get to share in those all the time. So you have to be extremely intentional. So I think that's a con, you know, before when you're home, you can literally just fall into someone's home and spend a weekend with them. Now you can't do that. When you're home, it's like a business trip. You have yeah. two weeks, you have to sort out a lot of things. So even seeing your friends, you usually have to plan who should who should you see, who should you not see. You know, so along the way, I've lost a few, you know, relationships. Some are straight, some are holding by the string by the string, others I don't know where they are, you know. So it's part of life and I've made peace with that. But yeah. it's a con. And I think another con is um you have to be very deliberate with um also family and just investments, because I think when you're home, it's a bit easier to grow your money. I don't know about others, but I find that you can easily belong to different investment circles and stuff like that. But because you are away and it's like, I think for Primera, it's a bit different because she's away, but stationed, you know, so she has roots. I'm away and I do not, I live in my suitcase. (laughs) My life is in three suitcases. So if today I got got reassigned to, to maybe Yemen or, Afghanistan as we have a crisis now I'll pack my three suitcases and I'll be on the mall so mm-hmm. that makes it very difficult for you to look out for opportunities to invest so you have to be very very savvy with growing your money as an, yeah, a young adult but also in terms of relationships it in intimate relationships it also is a challenge you know so because you fight you're away long distance relationships 
are not that easy yeah, necessarily. Yeah. And uh, if you're dating a Ugandan man, not many of them are socialized to be quite open-minded. So there's all those things that you're going to have to deal with. So I'm, I, so I mean, I'm, just, I'm just being as honest. <laughs> so you, you have to be very, you have to be very conscious and very open about that. So you have to really unlearn a lot of some of the things that you had learned when you were much younger, of like, I want to be too bad to do this and marry a person who looks like this. You now have to really open your mind up, you know, to being open to marrying a man from another race, from another culture, another country, because that's your life now, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that's the con. And um, I think in that, for me, I think there are more pros than cons, you know? For me, the pros are, I have such a rich experience of life that I would not trade it for anything. When I'm on a dinner table and I'm sharing my experiences, I you would think I'm a 50-year-old woman and I'm only 32, you know? But the experience of living in different cultures, they just never leave you the same. You, you can't... I've picked up so many things that I would never have been able to had I stayed home, you know? So you have a lot of networks in different... Like, there's no country... Almost, there's, I've been to so many countries. There's no country I can go to now and I don't have someone to call. You know, if I went to Benin, I have someone to call. I'm like, look, I'm here. Can we go to the art market? If I went to Guinea-Bissau, there's someone I can call. If I went to South Africa, it's always like my second home. So it gives you networks across across the the world, which is something I I believe my my kids would benefit from. You know, yeah. being able to live in Ghana, to live in Nigeria, to have an auntie, an uncle somewhere they can call on to, and you know, say we are here. So I think it's a good you you expand your social network. And you're beyond just uh, people you went to school with in Uganda. So I think that's really, that's for me is a con. But uh, yeah, so I think it's just the way your mind opens up and uh, the fact that, but also you change as an individual. And I think that living, uh, for me, I'll speak for me, living away from home has enabled me to evolve and grow into the person that I would never have been able to had I stayed home. And not because home is anything bad or anything. But I think that the people people put you in boxes based on what they know or what they think you ought to be because they've known you all these years. But when you venture out on your own, I've lived in places no one knew me, so I could do what the heck I wanted to do, you know. And uh, I realized that I fell back onto the values that I, I as Priscilla, felt were important, and I shared everything that was just learned because that's what society in Uganda told me is acceptable. So I feel like I have been able to tap into areas of my life that I would never have been able to, creativity that I would have been limited, you know, because I, there's an idea of how a lawyer should look like, how, I, you know. So, and for me, that is something I would not trade for anything. I feel there's a much freer outside <laughs> Uganda than had I stayed. But even now when I come back, I get comments from people who knew me. Oh my God, you're so different. And I'm like, yeah, I have to be different. I could never have stayed the same all these years, you know. So I think for me, it's just the experience that comes with it, uh, both professional and social. And just learning about lots of different cultures and how life li is lived. And when I pick up a book to read, maybe say it's from Senegal, I can end up when they talk about, you know, the and uh, you know the food chick I understand it you know and it's nice it's really nice it's, it's, it's amazing so yeah I think for me those would be the pros and also just your palate your food taste change like I mean your life your life can never remain the same and I think for me fuller. 
it becomes much fuller and uh, it's something that I really, really wish for everyone, even if it's just one year. There's something about stepping out of that space that they've told, you've been told this is it and just stepping out possibilities. Your mind opens. You don't have limitations. You see life in a different angle, you know, so it's amazing. Just felt a bit nostalgic because everything you've said resonates with me. I've been away from home in a different culture for six years and everything you said is true, really. Yeah. You know, especially the part about you, you have to unlearn who you are. You just have to unlearn who you are. Sometimes you even have to cut out people because you feel they'll judge you harshly. And yet you're trying to find your footing. Yeah. As a young As adult in this world. This world. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I'm not going to cry. Pros and cons for working away from home. I, I agree with everything Priscilla has said in terms of uh, a, new, a new environment. It's, it's, it's quite something. Um, and learning, relearning. Um, when they say you have to be open to learning, you can't survive if you are someone who is very focused that you have to be like this, I have to do things like this. Um, it's, it's, it, you have to be open-minded to be able to adjust to a new environment, learn what you know, and learn what you know. Uh, the good part about it is that you get um, to start afresh. I am telling you, like I said, um, I am a different person. Like I would never be the person I am today if I had not changed course and said I'm going to this country. Even at 15, the first time I spent in Uganda was life-changing. I knew my trajectory was going to be different. Just one time at 15, I knew my whole life had changed in its entirety. I don't know about the people I went to school with. I don't keep up with them. Because I went to school after S3. I don't keep up with them. And it's something that I, I could not have kept up because I had created a new trajectory for myself. Mm-hmm. And that trajectory was so different from the life before. And I had just to start afresh. There was nothing like that. And uh, being me, for some reason, people let you be you. They do not let they me living in Uganda. People don't expect me to conform to certain things. Because you're different, or you come from a different country, I'm expected to be what I want to be because they do not have any perceptions of where I come from. You get it? So because no one knows where you came from, does not know, does not have any biases from your life, or they don't know anything about you, they they just let you be who you are. So uh, my life, like Burundi explained in the beginning, I do so many things. I push boundaries every day. I wake up today. I think I want to do this, and it doesn't matter what it is. <clears throat> I will push the boundary because I do, no one has put me in a mold that I should be like this. So for me, that has been the biggest advantage of living in another country. And it doesn't matter where, whether I'm visiting, whether I'm going to be in a country for a short time, I'll be my, I'll push boundaries. Who knows me? No one. No one knows where I came from. No one knows nothing. Such a fresh new dreams, new, new everything. Like she even said, you even, even go and buy a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> even a whole new wardrobe. 
that I mean, no, no wonder. So for me, that has been the best part for me in terms of living in a new country, um, learning new culture. Like I, like I said, I said <clears throat> when I have a traditional function, I'm telling you, I have tried every traditional clothes in Uganda because no one expects me to conform to a Gomesi. No. You get it. Eh? There's nothing like that. Oh, I'm Shannon. No one, like my name matches nothing. So I am free to be anyone and anything I want to be Yeah. So, but in that instance, I, you also are able to spread that, that, that character personality to the people around you mm-hmm. who may feel like they need to conform to certain things. So I mentor a lot. I, I enjoy that a lot because it helps me pass on that to other people who may not have that opportunity to ever, ever be this, to be lucky like I've been in terms of being in a different space. The other thing is that for me, because all of us uh, are living, we are four siblings and we live in different countries and we no longer have our parents, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a uh, jam when it comes to keeping in touch. So uh, thankful for the for all the tools we have today to be able to keep in touch we do a lot of video calls um we also take a holiday once a year together as four of us to a destination we pick a destination and all of us will have to make time to be there for that time yeah so we also try to enjoy other cultures together and because the rest of the year we are enjoying other cultures without each other (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so we try to share a lot, we keep in touch a lot, we speak nearly every day of our lives. Uh, it's, 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 it's a bit hard. You don't have parents to keep you together, together. So you have to find ways to actually keep together as siblings. Yeah, so that has been a bit tough. Uh, you don't see your sibling for so long. Um, recently, my sister had to come from the US and come to see me, my brother. She was like, like she just she's just exhausted and missed us. She just said, I'm taking a flight tomorrow. I'm coming home. That's it. And she takes a flight and she comes home. Um, then the other thing is that uh, because of that, you also have to have room for people in your mind, in physical space to be able to show up anytime and leave anytime. Like I'm not, I don't have this thing of why did you visit me? Uh, why did you call? Like it's not there because sometimes you, you like Priscilla, you, you get used to living in, in suitcases. Like like life can change tomorrow. So if someone knocks on the door, welcome, we live life. Like there's no uh that whole level of too much protocol in life. Like it has to be in a certain way. Like you don't box up your life. You get it? You're just happy to have uh you're just happy to have to enjoy that day in its entirety. Yeah. So um, I think I want to just add to what Primera said. I think I like the fact that, uh, you know, there's this thing that says when you live your life boldly and courageously, you give others permission to live their lives, you know. And I think that for, I've also seen it in my life. It's such a gift to give and pass on because not, not everyone will be privileged to have, the, to have the similar experience, you know. But yet, if you share that look, you do not have to be boxed in you know i'm i'm very active on social media and that's that's one thing that i see everyone will i get so many people in my dms say talking about you know that feeling of i can't people what will people think what will people say you know and 
So it's it's something that we all absorb, you know, and uh, it's a gift to be able to pass it on to someone and say, look, you don't have to be boxed in. You break break the limitation, break the boundaries, and just live your authentic self. So it's amazing. Yeah, I really have nothing to add because I think you've said it all, you know, having to make both the emotional and physical space for the people who are important to I think that is one of the toughest things, especially emotionally, but it's something you have to do. If you don't, you wake up, I don't know, 20 years later, and you're on shoulda, coulda, woulda, why didn't we, how come we didn't try, you know? Yeah, so that one I truly, truly understand. That one really speaks deeply to me. So to wrap this up, you know, <clears throat> tips, advice, Pan-African, who has gotten that job in another country, who maybe is thinking of even just leaving. Me, I know, I have a few friends who are just like, you know what, eh? now I'm thinking I need to leave this Uganda, <laughs> you know? So therefore, who, who want to take that leap to go to another country, to go to another African country? What would be the tips you'd give them? Um, so for me, I think it wouldn't be, I don't know, any, let me just freestyle it. I think one, you, you have to have a plan. You have to have a plan. And, uh, the, the, there is various, uh, there's various avenues to you, uh, experiencing life abroad. So make your research, you know, before you, you leave, because also we have to also acknowledge that the fact that you don't want to, to leave Uganda and fall prey to you know, human traffickers, uh, people who will just violate you for one reason or another. So it's good to to live with a plan. You know, either you're going to study, going to work. Maybe you've saved up for a year and you want to spend a few years, you know, a year in another country. There's people. I mean, I I, I met I met a Cameroonian guy. Uh, he he took he saved all he took all his saving, and he has just been traveling through Africa. Wow. And he's not he's not working. He took a year off work. I mean that and that's really extreme privilege. Not everyone can do that. But I, I mean there's people who still have that privilege. So if you have that privilege, please feel free to also explore that, you know, and where you can plan your itinerary and stuff, but always but have a plan. Whatever you do have a plan, however way it looks like six months, and try to do it in a legal way. Don't um there's there's something about being in a place legally, it's so much peace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you can't try to go the legal way. But uh, just in terms of also, um, I think for me that, that is when I was starting, I knew that the easiest way for me to have access was to through school. Yeah. So education, there's lots of people, there's lots of edu education programs that can open you up to the world. And if you're into that, please do explore that. Lots of PhD programs, there's, there's lots of universities who are looking for young, um, brilliant and active researchers. And take the opportunity, take the leap and, and you know, jump into it. Um, but then also, I think you have to also be um, courageous. <laughs> it's not for the faint-hearted. I know that sometimes living abroad and working abroad can be romanticized, but it's not for the it's not for the faint-hearted. You're you're mostly going to be doing life, unlike like Primera, who has the privilege of having a family now. I don't have a family, so I live in a suitcase literally. You get up, set set up shop for two years, just as you're getting comfortable. Make, you've made a few friends, like, oh, sh I have to leave. You go somewhere else, start afresh, you know? So it depends on how, on what, you need to think through what 
sort of life abroad works for you? Is it having roots in one place? Is it traveling to, to, very, to various places? So just sort of get to know yourself and have a plan, but also build emotional and mental resilience because uh, I've, I've had friends who've gotten depressed, uh, not, 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 to say, not to say that they are not strong emotionally, but life alone can take, can take a toll on you. You know, we're living in a pandemic. We are working from home for most of the time. Senegal right now is going through its, I think, third wave. Okay. Cases are going through the, through the roof, so we're not going to the office. So you don't have as much human contact as possible. And if you're in a place where they speak a language that you don't quite understand, that's been further limited. So you literally rely either on your social media, your friends at home. So you have to sort of build an, a strength, a network of either people within yourself, have a routine that keeps you grounded, you know, because you don't want to be those people who share, overshare on social media because you don't have people in your life to talk to, you know. It's, you know, like when I see people, Ugandans abroad, oversharing, I totally understand. It's not because they do and because they feel they're alone. They're in a place where they don't have that circle or that community or that space to just break down. So they feel like social media is that space. And when you're abroad and single and young, social media becomes an escape for you, at least for me. So you sort of have to have boundaries. What can you share? What can't you share? What can you do? What can't you do? You know? So I think you really have to dig deep <laughs> into yourself. And uh, unlike Primera, who left home at 15, if you're an adult, you should have certain structures and a certain foundation to build on from, or else you will find yourself in some really uh, messy situations that you don't want to be in. So I think for me, it's one, come up with a plan, have a clear purpose why you're doing what you're doing, because along the way, life will probably become challenging, it will become hard, you'll get tired of it. But if you have a purpose, if you know that, look, I'm doing this for this and this and this reason, your purpose will keep you going. For me, I, people ask me, don't you get tired? I'm like, I don't, because I have a purpose. I know where I'm going. You know, so you have to have, you have to be very clear on your why before you set out to venture because halfway the journey, you're like, you know what, what am I doing in South Africa or in all these places? Like who sent me for this money? Let me just pack my bags and go home. And then you've lost so much time. You've, you know, yeah. all your savings or whatever. So I think just be clear on why you're doing what you want to do and then set out to do it. And yeah, it's possible, but you have to also have systems in place before you take the leap. That is very true. Have a plan. The rate at which trafficking is happening these days in Africa, it's quite alarming. Huh? It's quite alarming. Primera, what about you? What are your tips to that African young, whether 15, 14, I don't know, an adult, and you know, they're thinking of taking that leap. So I have listened to Priscilla and I don't think I can add much. She has said the real truth about it. You really need to have a plan. You need to know your why as to why you're going to that place. And uh, for me, the only thing I can add is uh, you need to have allies, local allies when you start in the beginning because when you don't understand the language, that means like it's very difficult to get around. So the first thing for me is make sure you get someone you can trust very fast, an ally in the country, someone who can actually have a conversation, someone who can help you get around in terms of the market and understanding the culture. So number one about 
living in another country is that if you don't get to understand there's so much unsaid words in culture in that culture you can't work in that in that country you will not know how to to work you will not understand why people behave in a certain way in an office space in the market you will not even understand how a, a helper in the homework so for me, the first thing, in addition to what Priscilla has said, when I arrive in that country, you can consult and ask them, what does this mean? Like, you will have to ask so many questions to be able to understand how people work and how people function. Emotional intelligence is, like that, like, as in like you have, like you may have a very high emotional intelligence, but you need help. You don't understand the culture. There are so many unsaid things in cultures that you need to understand before you even begin to work. Yeah, that's that's the only addition I can add. Yeah, I think I'd also like to add, uh, as Primera was speaking, something else came to me, that uh, you need to be flexible. You know, like we, when, when you're leaving home, you may have a plan, but when you get there, your plan may, may not be able to take off as you want, you know? So you have to always just be flexible. And also I think the issue of security is very important. If you're a young woman, I speak now as a young woman, I, unfortunately the world is skewed like that. Men have more, you know, privilege and more security than women. So what I advise young girls to do or young women is, you know, whenever you get to a place, you, you're always probably looking to save and cut costs as much as you can, you know? So probably you want to get a house in a much cheaper neighborhood and stuff like that. But if you have been advised that it's not safe, you'd rather pay a little bit more and save up elsewhere just so that you're safe and secure than to go to a neighborhood that is cheaper and will be saving you a little bit more coins, but you can't move at night. You can't, you know, come back at night. Shopping is a difficult. Men are going to be on the street, cut calling you. You know, at the end of the day, it will just make your experience so much worse. And even that money that you're saving will not make a difference. So I think that for young men and young women, of course, their experience may be a little bit different. So I think just have at the back of the mind of your mind in terms of security to always think of that. Like that's something I always think about in a new place, how in terms of choosing accommodation, choosing people who will work in my house, who will support me. You have to be very careful because people can easily take advantage of you and uh, as a young girl. So you have to be very, very careful before you open your space to anyone. Yeah, but also before before they move, like now from a lawyer's perspective, you have to be clear on terms and conditions, if it's a job or a school, because sometimes people are offered jobs and they you reach there and it's a whole different ballgame. So I think before you take the leap, and there's sometimes, like I've even had people who have been scammed by people thinking they've been given United Nations jobs, and I'm like, no, the UN does not ask for money. So, you know, like always be clear first, before you take the leap, have someone look at that contract review it and make sure that it is indeed um, legit, <laughs> that the terms and conditions make sense, that you can actually live off the money they're paying you. You know, there's something's going and the money they're paying you will not even be able to, to sustain you. So do your research really before you take up that job or that school offer or whatever. Yeah, those are very, very important points that you both bring up. And maybe just to add a little bit, I think even for women as women, you should also be wary of other women. 
<laughs> it's not only that men will take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to also be wary of other women and yeah, like somehow I don't know, have a third eye in your back or something. Yeah, just just to add that there. Yeah, so ladies, thank you so much for joining me. Eh, I have really taken up your lunchtime. I've taken up your morning. Ladies, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this.